Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk ETC. Carlo can't be with us today, so I'll be doing the show. I have Chuck SRQ with me today. I've enjoyed his comments, witty comments on the ETC Slack channel. And he has a lot of skills, a lot of, he's making a lot of contributions to the ETC project. And so we're going to find out a little bit more about him today. And he's also knowledgeable about initial coin offerings or ICOs, which are all the rage these days. So I look forward to hearing what he has to say about that. So uh, Chuck, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing good. So what I like to do at the beginning of the show, me and Carlo, is we like to find out about all the interesting people uh, working on ETC in some capacity. So I, um, I've, I know you've said you're an ETC dev volunteer and you do some marketing. Um, why don't you just start by saying how you got interested in uh, this technology, kind of give a little background. Sure. I, um, last summer, actually, I was uh, just wanting to play poker online. And uh, one uh -huh. of the ways you can deposit on uh, Boveda, which was formerly Bodog Poker, is you, uh -huh. can, um, you can use Bitcoin. Uh -huh. And um, so that made me remember that I actually bought some Bitcoin back in 2013. Mm -hmm. To um to go in a uh, prediction market, okay. and uh, unfortunately, I I had my old address and key, and I looked it up, and there was nothing there. I was pretty sure that I deposited on the site, but the site went away, or right. I lost it in one of the predictions. I I don't recall, but uh, it got me really interested in Bitcoin again. I totally forgot about the poker. Uh -huh. I, I started reading up more and more about it, and then I saw, and then I got into Ethereum. And this was before the, the Dow hard fork. Okay. And, and so I bought some Ethereum and I was really interested in it. I was really following it. And I just went, you know, full fledged all my spare time into learning more about it and learning more about it. Okay. And um, then we had the, as you know, the Dow hack, uh -huh. where people invested all this money into the Dow. And, a lot, uh, you know, I was really. You know, I almost had this fear of missing out, right, with, mm -hmm. with the DAO tokens. Everyone was buying DAO tokens. It seemed like a really cool venture. What I really didn't like the most was that so many people were buying it, kind uh -huh. of ignorant of okay. what it could do. And also that once you put your money into it, it was really hard, really time-consuming to get your money out. Okay, so did right. you, wait, are you saying that you, sorry, did you, so you did buy Dow tokens? No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, okay. I, 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 because I researched it a little bit, I went on the Dow website, uh -huh. and it even specifically said that there could be the possibility of a catastrophic bug that okay. loses all the money, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> that was one of the warnings that they had on their own site. Okay. So I was like, you know what? I don't want to put my, you know, Ethereum into some entity that could lose all my money due to a bug. Sure. You know, and uh, it seemed it seemed just really risky, and so many people were putting their money in uh, without researching that. It seemed like it seemed like a bubble at the time, right? Uh -huh. Yeah, you know, I can support what you're saying. I could just meant you're reminding me now. So I remember there was a couple days on the Ethereum Reddit subreddit that it was like almost every single article was about the DAO. It oh, yeah. Like, well, I mean, it was the only ICO at the time, really, uh -huh. right? I mean, uh -huh. this was the first one. And, and so this was the first real use case for Ethereum outside of these betting sites, uh -huh. these Ethereum betting sites, right? Like Etherol yep. and uh, Rulas. Uh -huh. Right. I mean, these were the only real Ethereum apps at the time that were that were of any use to normal people. Uh -huh. And so this investment opportunity presents itself, and it sounds really cool, right? A venture capital firm with nobody at the top that everyone's part owners. I mean, it sounds really cool, but 
you know, you have to read, you have to read the, uh, you know, the, the, the small writing, right? Uh, the, fine <laughs> what, print, yeah. the fine print. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for the words there. <laughs> and um, lo and behold, what, what was it like? Maybe two weeks later, not even. Yeah, it wasn't that long. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't even that long. It was like two weeks, three weeks. You yeah. know, you wake up, the the Dow's been drained. You know, a third of the money's gone. This hacker has it. Mm -hmm. All the exchanges have frozen Ethereum trading. Yep. You know, because Vitalik asked for it. They're actually talking about a hard fork. Uh, you know, just a just a disaster, right? Yes. Just a disaster, uh -huh. and mm -hmm. um, just the talk of the hard fork uh, upset me, uh -huh. you know, that they were even considering it. And, and I sold a day, two days later, Okay. you know, and, and, and for the most part, they thought that they only had to do a soft fork, but I was so upset about the thought of doing a hard fork to, yeah. to get back the funds that I sold. And I was honestly looking into getting into either Monero or Expanse. Okay. You know, with what with with the money that I sold from Ethereum, you know, that I had kind of put aside. Okay, this is going to be not Bitcoin. This is going to be something else. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I liked Ethereum because of the ability for it to do smart contracts, but they lost me with this talk of a hard fork that they even want to, that the community is even talking about it. So, you know, I really looked into putting it into Expanse, and uh -huh. their team just, I don't know, their team just didn't impress me. Uh -huh. And I was probably gonna put it into Monero, just go okay. full fledged into Monero. Okay. You know, because I really like their community, which I think is kind of similar in, in ethos mm -hmm. to Ethereum Classics. And I really like, you know, Fluffy Pony, their their lead developer. Uh -huh. And uh, you know, their roadmap is interesting too. I like that they have privacy. I like that you know, they can, they can scale. I, I really think they have something going for them. Now I'm, I'm curious when you say that we have the same ethos as Monero, I presume you're talking about the, the values of the, of the community. So it's, you don't just look at the technology. You also kind of look at the principles. Is that, am I understanding correctly? Correct. Yeah. And, and right now the, the only three coins that I'm invested in are, Bitcoin, Ethereum Classic, and Monero. Uh -huh. And if, if you'll notice, there's a couple, there's a lot of similarities between the three, right? There's no pre-mine mm -hmm. with all three of them. There's no ICO that started all three of them. There's no, um, there's no treasury system, right? Uh -huh. Whereby uh -huh. the miners, where some of the rewards from the blockchain go to the development team automatically. Uh -huh. You know, and, you know, and I know some people are in favor of that, but I'm personally not. And, uh -huh. and that will be something that will be divided for ETC in the future. And so I've, mm -hmm. from the way that you're talking, it's clear that you are an, you're uh, astute about the investing component. Some people are, are just interested in the technology, but you're thinking you are thinking of multiple uh, cryptocurrencies to invest in. So you obviously uh, had some sense in, in the financial area. So that was, that's pretty impressive. Now um, you, so you talk, talk to me about your, what you did before you discovered Bitcoin. Were, were you a programmer um, or what, what? No, I don't know any, I don't know any programming or developing skill. I don't have any programming or developing skills at all, really. Uh-huh. Uh, so you know, my background is okay. in economics and, and political okay. science uh -huh. and, uh, and sales and marketing. Okay. And so what, and, yeah, I, mm -hmm. oh, sorry, didn't mean to go ahead. Go ahead. And, um, and before I, I used to be involved with prediction markets online. Okay. I used to do, okay. I used to do trading back on intrade.com. If anyone knows about that, I also used to, I used to trade on predicted.org. Uh-huh. And I, I really like predicted.org and it's still around, but one of the things I don't like is their fees are really high. Okay. You know, anytime you win any predictions on predicted.org, it's, 
you know, they take 10%. And that's, okay. a, that's a big bummer. <laughs> now, <laughs> you know, now uh, mm. is, it, just enlighten me. When, they, when people say prediction markets, is that just a euphemism for a gambling site? Basically, people bet on, on whatever, and then some people use that, the betting, the odds that people give as, as almost like a poll, polling data. Is that correct? Yes, yes and no. Uh, in a sense, it is kind of very similar to gambling, okay. right? But at the same time, I could say that about options trading. Yeah. You know, and derivatives trading. You know, it's, okay. it's a lot of that is, 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 you know, intelligent gambling. Okay. Um, what I would say is the difference between a prediction market and a regular gambling site is with a prediction market, you're betting against other users. Okay. You're trading against other users. Okay. You can you can buy into a position and then you can sell that position later. Okay. Whereas with gambling, you're you're making a bet against the house, uh -huh. and that bet is gonna stand until the event is over. Okay. And you're gonna win or lose based on the event, right? Yeah. With trading a, a prediction, right? I can buy into, for example, Hillary Clinton winning. Uh huh. Maybe her odds go from 30 to 50%. And maybe then I think, you know what? I think it was undervalued at first, but now I think it's overvalued. I'm going to sell at 50%. Okay. And you can win on Hillary Clinton's value going up, even though she might end up losing like she did. Okay. So right? they're sophisticated. You're saying that there's sophisticated ways to make money. So just like options could be sophisticated. Um, it, okay. It's not. All right. Gotcha. Correct. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, uh, a lot of my wins were on positions that didn't end up happening, but you know, they were either overvalued and I, you know, I traded it when it was undervalued to when it got overvalued uh -huh. and, or, you, you know, I, I bought when the stakes were really, really small and, and they came out, you know, to a win for me. Okay. You know, uh -huh. and, and um, so that's my, that's my background. Okay. And, and now I'm into cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. I got in. I got heavily involved in the debate on our Ethereum on the Reddit on the Reddit site against the hard fork. I didn't want to see it happen. I would have invested if they didn't decide to do it. Uh -huh. I actually did some polling on our Ethereum twice to to kind of read how uh, the community felt about it. Okay. I you know my the polling that I did on our Ethereum was a lot closer than what the carbon vote ended up being. Oh, you know, the, yeah. So you're, okay, so there was more support for, for not, uh, not doing the hard fork to, to, res to rescue the Dow funds, you're saying? Yeah, I, I think, personally, I think the carbon vote was kind of an excuse, uh -huh. you know, to, to hard fork it, you know, when, when, when that vote was so heavily in favor of forking. Oh, because, so, yeah, that's interesting. I had never heard any other information about polling data before the hard fork. So you're saying that you, you were involved with that. The carbon vote was the only thing that I knew of. So if, if you're saying that there's data. Yeah, let me yeah. look it up right now. Um, okay. Well, we could also post it in the boat in the underneath the on YouTube when we post the video. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, we'll do, I'll, I'll make a note to do that. Um, Oh, here we go. I found it already. Uh, okay. Public survey on Ethereum, July 16th to the 17th. Okay. Okay. We have here, it was a, a 16 question survey. Uh -huh. uh, there were over, let's see here. Well, this one. Okay, we'll go to the first one since there were a lot more votes for that one. Okay. This one was done. This was the first survey that we did. Okay. This was on June 23rd, 24th. Okay. Most out of the polling, there were like around 14 questions. Most okay. people were 29 to 35 years old. Mm -hmm. Between 23 and 50. So so it's a it's it's not so much a millennial crowd, right? A little bit uh-huh. A little bit older than you would think with a, a theory. And that makes sense, right? Because 
people in high school and college don't have any money. <laughs> right? That's right. Um, out of the poll, 93% are male. It kind of makes sense, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, but out of a thousand, out of a thousand votes, 43 are female. So, I mean, that, I was kind of surprised it was that high, to be honest. There's <laughs> <laughs> okay. 43 females on Ethereum. Now it's unfortunate uh, because I uh, my I think to do a, a scientifically accurate poll it's it's much more complicated than oh yeah absolutely so, but I mean how are you going to do a phone survey of Ethereum users yeah just... yeah so I I think I think ultimately we'll, we'll never know probably the true you know percentages uh, we can just kind of guess from data like what you're presenting which is okay. Um, Absolutely, oh. I would agree. But it, here's well, here's the important finding out of the poll, right? Uh, would you support a hard fork that would retrieve Ether from the dark DAO to return to the DAO? Uh -huh. uh, yes, I would support. Had fifty four percent support. Okay. No, I would not support. Had twenty eight point two six percent support. Mm -hmm. Not sure. Fifteen percent. So that's a lot, lot yeah. less than eighty five percent. That's in right. The carbon vote. Uh, or the ninety percent that a lot of Ethereum users like to claim, right? They had at the time, right? That's true. and um, so I was against it as soon as Ethereum Classic started trading on Poloniex. I bought some. I got involved. I decided to, since there wasn't a Twitter account for Ethereum Classic, or there was one actually. I, I but I didn't like how it was being done. It wasn't being done enough. Uh -huh. There weren't enough tweets. I decided to just make one. Okay. You know, and because Bitnovisti was like, if you want to do it, just do it. I'm not. There's nobody here to tell you you can't do it, right? Uh, yeah. And and there's no one to make it official. But so you just you just do it or you don't want to do it. So I did it. Okay. And that's you know, and that's how Ethereum Classic was in the first month. If you wanted to be a part of it, you you, you just became did. a yeah, yeah. You did it. <laughs> there was there was no one to tell you that you couldn't do it. Yep. Now, why don't you also say a little bit about what you do for ETC Dev? I know you're a volunteer with with them. Mm. Um, well, what I do mostly is I help them in terms of marketing. Okay. If uh, you know, I run I run the Twitter account for ETC, and it isn't just for the ETC Dev team, even uh -huh. though I I align with them more than IOHK. Uh huh. But you know, and and I try to promote IOHK for their for their development of of Ethereum Classic as well. Okay. And I just try to promote Ethereum Classic uh, all the time for everyone for third party projects as well. Stampery, mm -hmm. okay. BitTicket. Okay. Uh, now, mm -hmm. now, yeah. I oh, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Um, no, I so I don't know anything. Of, uh, well, I know a little bit, but not a lot about marketing. So you obviously use Twitter. Um, just enlighten us. What are some other ways, or maybe you maybe you think that maybe that's sufficient, or is there other? Give me the kind of the big. Picture you know, anytime I do post something really important, I do post it on Reddit as well. I do make sure okay. it's seen on. Uh, our Slack channel, the ETC Slack channel, as uh -huh. well as the ETC Telegram channel. Okay. But for major announcements, for most most of the stuff I do, it's it's on Twitter. Okay. I'm also making YouTube videos once every couple of weeks. You know, once a week, twice. You know, once every two weeks. Okay. Um, with Ty's on Tyzan's cryptocurrency channel. Okay. I think you've talked to him once or twice. Mm, yeah. And. Um, yeah, and so fortunately, the Twitter has thirty-eight thousand followers these days. Okay, it's also how I keep up to date on the cryptocurrency community and and find the latest breaking news that involves ETC as well, and bring okay. it back to the community. Okay, you know, because sometimes we have things happen that everyone needs to know about, and and I try to be that guy for okay. ETC. Well, yeah, we appreciate what you do. And by the way, I will also make a note to put a link to your YouTube videos if you want me to. Thank you. I would appreciate that. That'd be great. Okay. So um, as you know, the, everybody's getting excited about initial coin offerings 
these ICOs and there's lots of money being thrown around. And I know that that's something that you've uh, been investigating and uh, you know a lot about that. And I'm sure that there's lots of people listening that are curious, what is there, what is going on with all this? Why is everybody talking about this all of a sudden? Um, people that are just joining. So, right. um, so for, uh, if my understanding is that an ICO is a way to raise funds by creating basically a new cryptocurrency. And so, and it, uh, Ethereum and Ethereum Classic by their very nature are, are just perfect for that use case. You could easily make a token without having to make your own blockchain and get miners. So would you, would you agree with that? Is that, is that an accurate? Correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, uh, what what are your thoughts on like what why all this excitement why is all this money entering the ICO space now what what are your thoughts on that Well I think it gives investors some more intelligent than others uh -huh. the sense that they're a part of the project that they have a stake in the project that they have some equity possibly revenue sharing when it's not revenue sharing, uh -huh. you know, so I do think that there is to a certain extent, a lot of dumb money out there with ICOs, right? There are people uh -huh. putting all this money into, uh, you know, the good, you know, the Gnosis ICO, the bat ICO, uh -huh. when, when a lot of these tokens don't, don't give you nothing in return, right? Or you can use them, but you can't, using that much it's kind of just like okay thanks for donating to us to our <laughs> project here's a token yes. in, in exchange right and they're not making it super obvious you know that that's you know some of these icos aren't making it super obvious that that's the case for the the investor well quote yeah, unquote that, investor yeah yeah so that was one thing that i was surprised me um i thought was interesting so when you buy a share like in a company let's say with in an initial public offering, an IPO, mm -hmm. there's there's regulations. You're actually literally owning a piece of that company, and right. you have certain rights with that. But with an ICO, like you said, you're basically making a donation, and you're you're essentially trusting them to um, whatever promises they made that attracted you to that token. You're you're just trusting them to to keep their promises. Right. Correct. And so yeah, the, exactly. And so on the one hand, you could say, well, there's not as much regulation as there is for uh, traditional securities. And so you have more flexibility to do innovative things, perhaps. But right. But that's so that's a good thing. But it's also a bad thing because you don't you don't have the protections. You have the flexibility. Yes. But you don't have the protections. So you got to consider. Well, both it's, of those. it's kind of unfortunate that there is some regulation regarding securities and that they can be applied to these ICOs because I think it would be a lot better if these ICOs did offer a token where they would share the revenues. Right. Okay. But yeah. that makes it automatically qualify as a security uh -huh. and the exchanges won't list it. And then you're talking about the SEC getting involved and who knows what happens. Right. Oh, okay. So what you're saying, see, I didn't know that you're saying that they're, uh, some some ICOs are careful not to do anything that that resembles a security to to avoid legal issues. Is, is that correct? What okay. Correct. And, yeah. And then you're saying that the exchanges, the cryptocurrency exchanges, also don't want to carry because they also want to avoid the the issues associated with that. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and 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 because Bit Bitrex has made it clear to. Uh, to people who want to list their tokens on their their site uh -huh. that they won't do it if there's uh, what's it called um, when they get when they get the uh, when they get revenue. Okay. Oh, uh, uh, dividends, dividends, dividends. Thank okay. you. Yes. If, if if the if the token has a dividend, it's not getting listed on Bitrex, right? Okay. And and that's smart on Bitrex's part, right? They don't want to get involved. You know, they uh -huh. they want to avoid government regulation when possible and government fines and impossible jail time for taking part. Mm -hmm. But there are some tokens still, even if you don't have a dividend, that doesn't mean it's not a security. 
right? There's there's the Howie test. You got to make sure it doesn't pass the Howie test. Uh, can you like so so like I said at the beginning of the show, it was clear that you're mm -hmm. you're astute in the in the financial space, and so I don't know mm -hmm. what the, the Howie test is. Can you enlighten the listeners? Sure, the Howie test is how basically it's it's kind of like a rule of thumb of how the SEC decides if something is a security or not. Okay, right, and there's there's a couple uh, guidelines for for you know, if you want to know if it's a security or not. And okay. let me see if I can find out. I know I saw it somewhere in a real close. Okay, here we go. Uh, what is a Howey test? Uh, number one, is it an investment of money? Okay. Okay, and it has to satisfy all three requirements. So just because it satisfies one or two doesn't mean it's necessarily a security. It, okay. Is it an investment of money, right? Mm -hmm. uh, let's take, like, the BAT token. For okay. example, right? The this is the called the basic attention token. It's for the Brave browser. It's a token where you can uh, pay, so you can't see advertisements, uh -huh. right? With the Brave browsers, is my understanding, uh -huh. right? It is an investment of money. People are kind of expecting it to go up, so I would say yes, it is an investment. Okay. Um, there is an expectation of profits from the investment. They, okay. Right, they kind of expect to make a little money off of it, right? Uh, yeah. Um, the investment of money is in a common enterprise. Uh, yeah, it's you know a lot of people can pull you know it's a pool of money from a cross section of people. Okay. And let's see here that any profit comes from the efforts of a promoter or third party. Right. So if if they profit from the bat token, it comes from the work of the brave browser. The okay. people behind the Brave browser, right? So okay. it kind of seems to satisfy those four, you know, kind of conditions. So I mean, okay. they're, yeah, they're they're kind of straddling whether or not they're a security, and, and they would certainly say that they're not. Yeah, you know, they've done I, yeah. a lot more homework than I have. So, so there maybe there's a there's some gray area or something because I've read also, I've read uh, papers on ICOs where they they the uh, I read there was one paper I in Harvard Business Review on ICOs where they it, it wasn't they said that it, it the the way that they define securities today um, that uh, these cryptocurrencies these ICOs don't fall under that umbrella and so I, I thought that that meant that in the future they would they would uh, imp they would change the definition of what a security is I don't know if you'd call that an improvement or not but maybe that that's what they would do and then it would fall under the jurisdiction is it you think well that's... i i would hope that they don't if, if they don't fall under securities regulations at the moment like i would kind of hope that they don't okay right you know i, I think it's best if they you know that the, the government won't get involved in this space and hamper uh technological advancement i think the free market you know if you make a bad investment it's a bad investment get over it uh-huh and but uh, we're going to find out, right, you know, soon enough if if it's a bad investment, you know, if some of these are bad investments or not. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if, if eventually if enough people lose money and there's enough scams that the public will call for, there'll be so much demand for regulation that they'll force, the SEC will be forced to come in and, you know, regulate it. I don't, I don't know so if that'll happen or not. What? I guess we'll. I guess we're gonna find out, right? It's. Yes. It's, yeah. it's. But um, the. For one thing's for sure, it, it's impressive how much money some of these ICOs are raising. Yes. You know the the bat ICO got thirty five million in less than a million. I mean, in less than a minute. Wow. Which is impressive by any standards, right? <laughs> yes. You know, uh, so much so that people were complaining that they couldn't get involved. Okay. You know, because one person got 25% of the tokens. Okay. You know, and and 98% of all the tokens were taken by 100 people. Okay. So it wasn't very distributed. Yeah. Right? It didn't really fall under the uh, kind of democratic notion behind these ICOs that it's, uh, you know, that it's going to be very distributed, that the ownership of these entities is 
you know, with the crowd, with the people, the fans behind the product. Uh And uh, even though you can, and, and, you know, the price, the price of the token already, you know, on, on the exchange, on the one exchange that lists the bat token, it's already uh, up almost 10 times. Okay. See, yeah. Now see the one, one, would you agree with this? So uh, a few minutes ago, you were saying that a lot of these people don't make money in ICOs and, or they don't get as much from it as they think they are. They, they lose money. Mm. But, then, but when you have things like this bat ICO that does so amazing, then everybody just remembers that. Right. And then on Reddit, you see these amazing ICO stories and then the people focus on those. And I'm, I wonder if they'll get the wrong impression. They think that they're all just going to grow, you know, 10 times really fast. Well, I think, I think they have the impression that all the big ones are probably going to be really, really successful. Right. Uh-huh. That, um, but you know, we'll, we'll, and, and I mean, they haven't been proven wrong so far with some of the bigger ones, right. Uh-huh. Other than the Dow. Yeah. Right. All, all, you know, as soon as it hit the market, the Gnosis token went and doubled, tripled even uh-huh. the, um, the bat token more than doubled, tripled its value when it hit the market. Yeah. And, and you can find it on liquid, liquid exchange, uh-huh. for example. Now, now to, to be, to be fair to the Dow. So it was improperly implemented technology, but as far as a fundraising success story, it certainly was successful. In oh, absolutely. <laughs> it raised 150 million at the time. And uh-huh. Ethereum was only, uh, you know, 15 to $20 at the yeah. time. Yeah. You know, whereas Ethereum is 225 each at right at the moment. Yeah. You know, so it, so it's a lot more Ethereum flowing into the Dow than flowed into. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, what is your role right now? Are you are you investing in ICOs? Are you going to create some ICOs or help create ICOs? Kind of what's your. I have an role? idea for an ICO myself. Uh, I don't know if I okay. want to pursue it or not. <laughs> so okay. I'll, I'll keep it private at the moment. Okay. Um, I just want to, I do just want to warn people that a lot of these cases behind the ICOs are, don't seem to make a lot of sense. Right. Uh-huh. And, and I've seen a lot, basically they're just donation drives really behind the project. Mm-hmm. And, and because I've read a couple of these ICOs and white papers and, I'm like, okay, sounds like a cool project, but what do you need a token for? What do you need your own cryptocurrency for, really? Uh-huh. You know, on, on top of Ethereum or on top of Ethereum Classic for, you know, that makes sense. I mean, if you want to just say it's a sentimental token, say it. Okay. You know, be honest about it. Don't don't say, hey, it's actually really useful. It's going to be money for this when most likely it's not. If, if you can use, you know, if you, where every, you know, in the white paper, it, if you can substitute the token with ETC or Bitcoin uh-huh. and it still works the same, then what's the point, right? Because Yeah, I see what you're saying. So you, there's already good cryptocurrencies that are... Right. And so why do you need to make all these new ones? Exactly. It's kind of like the episode of It's Sunny in Philadelphia when when they make their own patties dollars, right? The, uh-huh. the name of the bar is called patties. Yes. And, and the bar owners, right? Uh-huh. Who, and, and if you ever watch the show, it's, it's four idiots that just, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they just try to all these get rich quick schemes, right? They make their own called patties dollars. Okay. And to try and make people come to the bar, they just give away all these patties dollars. And people spend them and then they don't spend their own money and they just end up, you know, giving away beer for free, basically. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so, and, and so they're like, how does it work? Right. You know, because they were trying to copy the Dave and Buster's model. Okay. Of where they create their own little uh, reward program. Right. I mean, if you make a token and it's kind of like a reward program that I could see that kind of working. Okay. You know, but if you're just saying, yeah, now you own a little bit of Brave, but you don't really own Brave at all. Okay. You know, or or Gnosis or 
auger or you know some of these some of these tokens are actually useful some of them aren't some of them actually give you a dividend some of them don't yeah i well i would imagine if you created your own cryptocurrency you could maybe do some things cheaper or innovative that maybe would be more difficult with like for like with bitcoin the the fees are higher right right that's so, i mean that's correct that's that's true to a certain extent but why can you use etc instead you that's, know or yeah. the, the fees on etc are super cheap at yeah. the moment they're no one's going to complain about sending etc when and and etc has established market value Yes. Right. That's only been going up for the last couple months. So yeah. now I wasn't when I I this was another interesting thing about ICOs that I discovered. So I assume that they somehow buy these new tokens, you know, via some smart contract or something. But my understanding is what the, the way these work in in general description, uh, a general way is you announce on Bitcoin talk forum. Uh, Bitcoin, BitcoinTalk.org, then you market your your ICO, and people don't literally buy the coin directly. What they do is they donate to Bitcoin or Ether, like you were saying, to a escrow service, and then eventually that that will all those funds and donations will get sorted out, and you'll be given a uh, the new token by some you know, other means, but it starts with Bitcoin or Ether typically. So that was kind of surprising. It, it goes to your question about why not just, if you're already, if you can use Bitcoin and Ether and you already are, why right. do you need the, the, the new coin? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So probably what happened was some people used a new coin and it was effective, but then, then it just became like the thing to do and be, people do it today. They don't even really realize or know why they're doing it. A new coin. Well, the ICO that I do like is, you know, if it's the one that's a smart contract that, and and the cool thing is, um, on classicetherwallet.com, you can actually create your own ICO, and you can create your own crowd sale in less than five minutes, mm -hmm. and it's it's basically the contract that's been on Ethereum.org for over a year. Mm -hmm. They basically just made it in a clickable format on a website for people, okay, to make their own token. And I even created a token mm -hmm. a couple uh, days ago called, well, I, uh, just to play around, just to mess around. I made 10 tokens. It has a supply uh -huh. of 10 tokens. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay. And, um, but anyone can create their own tokens now. And, and you basically, you send money to the smart contract. You establish the price for how much tokens you're giving away for ETC. Mm -hmm. And it gives you the tokens automatically back at the address that you sent it from. Okay. And so that's that's kind of the cool ICO. Yeah, the one where you have the escrow service and you're dividing it all up from Bitcoins. And, you know, why make it so complicated? Just yeah. use the smart contract. That's what it's there for. You know, send some yeah. ETC, get back some tokens. Cool. Oh, I just you thought know? of, yeah, I, I do remember now one reason why you might want your own <laughs> cryptocurrency. Um, let's say that let's say me and you had a successful uh, blockchain startup, and mm. um, if we only accepted ETC or uh, Ether ETH, then the price of our the the market cap would be would would depend on the price of ETC or ETH. But if we had our own token um, and and we were doing awesome, people valued our startup then our tokens might conceivably increase, uh, you know, much uh, faster than ETC or ETH. See what I'm That's saying? That's true. That's a good point. You know, if, you know, if, if let's say you start at 10 cents and it goes to $2, uh -huh. right? That's a lot bigger increase than ETC going from, you know, because it's already at $16 from 16 to 20. Right? Yeah. It's a lot bigger percentage increase. You know, so you can kind of start from the bottom all over again, which is kind yeah. of what people want, right? Yeah. They want they want the cheap token that has value in the future instead of buying high. That's right. And, but so, and, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that's clearly one reason why people need their own uh, cryptocurrency is so that you can uh, you can affect the market can value the company or the startup, whatever it is, an initiative uh, uh, accurately. 
If, if it was it. like a share of the company, then I would agree. But the the, the way there's some of these tokens work, I, I really don't see any... There shouldn't be any correlation between what the token is worth and with what the company valuation should be. Sure. Right. So it's, yeah. So I think I think what you're saying. One of the things you said was it's it's beholden on the entity, the startup, to make the token actually do something useful, right? Like right. maybe maybe you have to buy. You can only buy their service with the token, and that and exactly. Then, exactly. And if they do that, that's then it has some uh, some value, some true value. Whereas right. you're saying that some ICOs, you it, you just buy. It's just like what, like for example, with the Gnosis token, uh -huh. it gives you the Gnosis token gives you these uh, dividend of what they're called Wiz tokens. Okay. So it's kind of weird that it's a token that gives you other tokens, right? <laughs> Instead of the that's right ETH, right? Yeah. And then um, on their website, you can pay the fees to use their prediction market service with the with the Wiz, right? With the Wiz tokens, but. Okay. You don't have to use the Wiz tokens. You can use Bitcoin or you can use Ethereum, okay. right? So, okay, so why do I need the Gnosis tokens? Why do I need the Wiz, right? I, yeah. I can use Bitcoin. I can use Ethereum yeah. on their platform completely without ever touching their tokens. So what, you know, yeah. so it makes no sense for people to, to say, wow, Gnosis sold 5% of their tokens. They made $10 million. Their company's worth $300 million. Mm -hmm. No. Sorry, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if you look at the state of prediction markets today, you know, and how popular they are, uh -huh. Gnosis is not anywhere near a $300 million valuation. Sorry, not even okay. close. Okay. okay. <laughs> First, yeah. you got to get some users. Mm -hmm. Okay. Even the US dollar prediction market, number one in, in you know, in the world is, is, is probably less than 10 million. Okay. Total valuation. You know, so so for these people to say they're worth three hundred million when nobody's using it compared to predicted.org uh -huh. is nuts. It's crazy. Okay. So uh -huh. there might be a big bubble popping soon in terms of yeah. some of these icos. Yeah. Um, now, two two resources that I'm aware of that people could use to research icos to do their due diligence is ICO rating, mm -hmm. um, and then Smith. Plus Crown, Smith and Crown. I don't know if why they they like to they put a plus in their name <laughs> for some reason instead of an uh, ampersand. But um, those are two resources people could use. Do you have any other advice? Any other thoughts on how to protect yourself from scams and bad icos? Just 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 do your own research. You know, uh -huh. read read their own white papers. Okay. If their white paper doesn't make any sense to you, don't invest in it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I think. These some of these entities make the white paper sound really, really complicated. Uh huh. That way, they make you feel dumb. Okay. And they make you feel like you can't give it a valuation, and so you invest out of, you know, fear of missing out, out of FOMO, okay. and not actually giving it a fundamental value. Okay. Right. And, yeah. and I've seen a couple projects where I I read the white paper. Maybe I'm not smart enough. You know. <laughs> Uh -huh. I'll, I'll admit it to myself, you know, maybe I'm not smart enough to understand what I'm reading, but, you know, sometimes I'm reading the white paper and I'm going, you know, I can't even figure out what this thing's about. Uh -huh. You know, why am I going to invest in it? You know? Yeah, so so they might not, their motivation, might intention might not be to explain it as clearly as possible. There might have other... On purpose, to confuse yeah. people and, 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 and make you want to invest when you shouldn't. Right? Sure. When if you right. knew what exactly it is you're investing in, you wouldn't invest it. Uh -huh. it. But they make you feel dumb, and they make you feel like, you know, man, these people are super smart. Uh -huh. I got to put my money behind these guys. You yeah. Because this is this is, and and it all kind of stems from the fact that Ethereum started with an ICO, mm -hmm. right? And now Ethereum's a really hot investment. If you invested in the Ethereum ICO, you you would have done amazing by now. Yeah. So all these people that are getting into Ethereum late in the game are like, man, I missed the Ethereum ICO. I don't want to miss the next hot one. Uh -huh. I want to get involved with some of these. You know, yep. and, and I'll give you an example. I have this Bitcoin meetup where I go to here uh -huh. in, in Tampa Bay. Okay. And, and um, at one of the last meetings, 
you know, the, all all the guys talked about, yeah, let's let's get involved in investing in these icos. I'm I'm willing to throw some darts. Uh-huh. You know, basically, it's you know, to some of these guys, they're just they're just throwing darts. They expect some of these to lose. Yeah. You know, they just want to see. They just want to get one where they hit ten times on their money. Uh huh. You know, or or yeah. twenty times on their money. Yeah. And and that's all they need to make a profit on investing on five or ten of them. Yeah, I uh, I remember. So I'm old enough to remember the late '90s when the the web was taking off, and mm. there was the same kind of hype cycle about the web and web companies back then that people have now about <laughs> blockchain companies. And then I saw that crash, and then <laughs> and then I was I was in. I didn't have, I was in college. I was finishing my PhD at the time, so I didn't get involved with that. And then after that, the next hype cycle was the real estate market. You may have seen the movie mm-hmm. Big Short. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I was a victim of that one. Right. And so my sense is that young people, they have to get, they have to lose money. And then they, they learn that, okay, we have to be really careful. You know, <laughs> bad things could happen. And then maybe as you, I, that's that's how it was for me. I don't, and so I, as I got older, then I kind of I'm more cautious about uh, and, right. And know. and and well, here's the other thing: people can admit to themselves, okay, we are in a bubble, but they think they're smart enough to be able to get out before the bubble pops. Yes. Yeah. This you gets know? yeah. This gets into all kinds of psychology and yeah. There, there are probably some people that are like yeah. I know it's a bubble. I know crypto is a bubble right now. I know ICO is a uh, the ICOs are a bubble right now. But I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I get my money out first. Uh-huh. I can liquidate really quickly if they can yep. or can't. Yep. You know and and <laughs> and they're setting themselves up for failure when they don't know they are. Yeah. Right? Yep. And so that's that, the unfortunate thing because once once the bubble pops, if it does pop, if we are in a bubble, and I don't know if we are or not, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, and that's and that's the hard part. You know, I have a degree in economics, and I can't tell if we're in a bubble or not. My inclination is that we are, uh-huh. but I see even more ICOs down the line. I see cryptocurrencies with just such a shallow penetration of the entire. Uh-huh market and community outside of it i mean like how many people in real life even know about cryptocurrencies yeah know about icos that's right you know our penetration is so shallow yeah so for people to say we're in a bubble i'm like okay but if twice as many people outside of the crypto community hears about cryptocurrencies we're gonna be fine there's gonna be so much new money flowing in Uh this is gonna be a drop in the bucket (laughs) you know yeah that's right Another so, thing that I thought of, would you agree with this? Is so to be an investor, you have to not just follow the crowd. You have to think for yourself. Sometimes or often it even is beneficial to be contrarian, right? Correct. And so like I really appreciated Barry Silbert when he made an early investment in ETC. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, of course, now he's done well. The price has gone up. But I, I, I don't know how difficult it was. He, he sounded so confident that, you know, this was going to obviously uh, grow in value. But mm-hmm. I, I imagine if you have all your the colleagues saying, you know, you're making a big mistake or what are you thinking? It, it could be difficult for some people to, to go against the grain, go against the crowd. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Barry Silver de- 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 deserves a lot of credit, uh-huh. deserves a lot of credit for what he did. And, and certainly some of the price increase has to do with his investment. Yes. You know, but at the same time, you know, I'm sure Ethereum Classic would have done okay without the investment trust. You know, yeah. may, maybe not $16 right now, but maybe $10, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. And because there's there's other investors out there. And, I mean, he, he absolutely deserves a lot of credit for sticking in there, for putting the investment that he did, putting the, making the investment trust. Mm-hmm. You know, and now Ethereum Classic has – you know, an investment trust available to Wall Street investors, regular day brokers that yeah. they can get involved with ETC, whereas a lot of them can't with Ethereum. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so, uh, yes, it definitely pays off to be a contrarian sometimes. Or you know, but sometimes you, yeah. you got to go with the crowd to make money, right? And yeah. then 
but sometimes it, it pays off to be it pays off to be skeptical of everyone and everything. Yeah, you always have to do your due diligence. You right, know? exactly. Yeah. So, um, yes. So we've talked about your marketing work for ETC. Um, we've learned about your background and how you got interested in ETC. Um, you've given us your thoughts on ICOs. Did uh, did I miss anything? Is there anything else that? Uh... Well, one thing I, I do want to mention real quick is the ETC dev team is going to release the Emerald Wallet really soon. Okay. Um, it's currently in like the design stages, the last okay. final stages before we, we let it out. Uh -huh. uh, it's kind of going to be a, a rough beta. Okay. But it does sound like it's on schedule. I, I've seen a couple pictures of it so far. It looks good. Mm -hmm. A little rough, but it's it's getting there. Okay. And um, it should be exciting. It's going to be a new desktop wallet for Ethereum Classic where you can run your own node. Uh -huh. That way, so for people that aren't technically inclined to run guests, uh -huh. And parody, like me, for example, I, I'm not very. I'm, I'm a parody <laughs> fan myself. So, <laughs> I, yeah. I, 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 I can't figure out how to run parody. To be honest, <laughs> you know, I've tried. It uh -huh. doesn't. It's not all that user friendly to me. Okay. Um, maybe you can teach me one day. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no problem. Um, but you know, I was I I used Mist when I could have, and mm -hmm. unfortunately, Mist isn't working too well with Ethereum Classic these days. Okay. But Emerald Wallet is going to be its replacement. It's going to show off that the Ethereum Classic developers know what they're doing, are capable of uh -huh. doing anything the Ethereum developers are capable of. And I think it's going to really impress a lot of people. So, uh, Very nice. You know, I'm so excited we'll, we'll about that. We'll be looking forward to that. Yes, we'll be Yeah, we'll it should come out in that. the next week or two. Okay. Is, is my understanding. Definitely by the end of June. Okay. You know. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, thank you very much, Chuck, for uh, sharing uh, the, this time with us and giving us your thoughts. And uh, we all appreciate everything you do and uh, keep doing what you do. We definitely uh, need marketing help. That's not something that I'm, I, I know much about. So Hey, you're you. doing a good job with these videos. So oh. I wouldn't say, <laughs> say you're doing too bad. All right. Well, thank thank you for that show of support. All right. So have a good uh, have a good rest of this Friday then. You too, but my man, you have a good weekend. Okay. All right. All right. Bye. All right. Bye bye. If you are passionate about anything related to Ethereum Classic, and you have something to say, we'd love to discuss that with you on the show. We're always looking for interesting guests, so don't be afraid to ask.